What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome to the Autumn Wind Podcast, and we are back. The legal tampering period is officially underway in the NFL, and the Raiders have been busy, both releasing longtime center Rodney Hudson and making some splashy free agent signings to address the pass rush. My good friend and friend of the podcast, DJ Dawson, joins the show today to discuss all things pertaining to the silver and black. Let's not waste any time, and we're going to jump right into it here on the Out of Wind Podcast. Let's get this thing going. All right, everybody. It is a great honor to have my good friend back on the show and live. DJ Dawson. DJ, how are you doing tonight? What's up, Mike? I'm doing great, man. I'm out here uh, getting ready for our first football game, River City High School. I'm coaching here in West Sac. We got our first game on Friday. Uh, football's in the air. Free agency's off and running. Uh, it's feeling good. Big shout out to West Sac and good luck to you guys. Football is in the air. It is strange to see high school football being played in March, but that's where we are in this COVID world that we live in. But let's talk about the Raiders, right? No shortage of news going on with the silver and black. And before we get into all the big news, right before we got on the air tonight, News came down that the Raiders are retaining Nicholas Morrow, which is a good move. I don't think anyone would argue that. What are your thoughts, Deej? Agreed. Great pickup. I mean, resign, I should say. He uh, looked like he only continued to improve last year. And being a D3 guy, I have a little soft spot in my heart for him. So, um, uh, objectively, he played good football last year. He's fast, sideline to sideline type of guy. and He doesn't miss many tackles. I think it's a good pickup. 78 tackles, three sacks, and 14 games last year. In fact, Nicholas Morrow. Defense was. He was a small, bright spot. And for lack of a better term, I think the LB group is mostly solidified. So if you're seeing mock drafts with a Wosu going to the Raiders at 17, Unlikely with some of the uh, moves and transactions the Raiders have made. And let's just, let's not waste any time. Rodney Hudson was released today in what was a shock and sent waves throughout uh, Raiders Twitter. Uh, DJ, I did listen to the podcast with Vic Tafer, the State of the Nation podcast by The Athletic, and I heard him mention it. Uh, I didn't put much thought into it. And then uh, when Ian Rappaport tweeted it out, my jaw dropped. Uh, I was stunned, and I could not believe it. What was your reaction to the news? Just an absolute jaw dropper. Um, you look into it on the surface level, you think, okay, was this a salary cap move? Well, the $15 million salary cap hit that we're still taking this year was actually uh, $2 million more than we would take if we kept him on the roster. So you think that couldn't have possibly been it, would it? Well, there apparently there was a big cap hit next year had we not cut him this year that I guess was the justification behind it. Um, totally beats me. I mean, the guy is an absolute cornerstone franchise player, and I'm not putting that lightly. Um, he's an absolute year-over-year captain on your team, though well-recognized uh, as one of the top three centers in the NFL, and he ain't three. And it just what seemed to be granted, he was one of the higher paid centers in the NFL. I don't know if he was exactly the highest paid center in the NFL, but we I mean, who the hell else are we going to pay? Right. I just don't get it. I just do not get it in any way, shape or form. And then it comes out from 
oddly enough, Mark Sanchez. Yes, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the Sanchez that Rodney Hudson wanted out. And reading Vic Tafer's article on The Athletic, apparently this has been uh, news for a few weeks now. Um, so I am just blown away. I think this is an absolute indication of John Gruden, uh, Mike Mayock, and what they have, quote-unquote, built uh, as from a culture standpoint in regards to the organization. The second the move was made for Gabe Jackson's, quote-unquote, cut, we still don't know about that. John Feliciano, former Raider, who we love, shout out the U, uh, immediately went to Twitter and was just roasting. Today, same song. So I don't think this is something that is just in-house with the Raiders. I think people know John Gruden is happy to be looked at at the face of the franchise. He yearns to be looked at at the face of the franchise. His ego is what seems to drive all of his moves. His emotions get the best of him time in and time out. And he continues to refuse to pay the guys who have made headway as far as us bringing us back to legitimacy. And with every step forward, we continue to take five steps back. And it's just disgusting. In our adult lifetime, and DJ, you and I more or less are the same age. We're in our mid to late 20s. Some of the fondest memories as Raider fans probably came from 2015 to 2016. And I know it's pretty sad. That's a pretty, 100%. <laughs> that's a pretty small uh, duration. Uh, but in the Reggie McKenzie years, we're talking about Rodney Hudson, Donald Penn, a big shout to Donald Penn retiring as a Raider. Kalecio Semele, Mac started to come on. Coop started to come on. Uh, we had the 2016 playoff appearance, so on and so forth. So I will say this, and I'm not going to go too far down the Gruden rabbit hole today. If you follow the podcast, you know how I feel about Gruden. Not a fan. Uh, but but we'll, we'll hit on that a different day. But with all that being, being said, when you're a franchise with one of the worst winning a high character player at that you lock them in the room and you make sure they retire a Raider. And who am I talking about? Khalil Mack and then Rodney Hudson. I mean, you can argue <laughs> easily, easily the two best players to don the silver and black in the last decade. Maybe you could throw Charles Woodson in the end of his career in that, but that's the culture Gruden's creating. And, and it's frustrating because now he has all these draft picks, but realistically, are any of these guys in the same discussion as Rodney Hudson and Cleo Mack that Gruden's drafting? The jury is still out. I'll take it a step further and say absolutely not. <laughs> um, I don't see it. I mean, maybe you could say Josh Jacobs, but with 80% of his offensive line new, we're going to find out really quickly what's going to go on with that this year. Um, I just am. You look at every single signing that they have done since John Gruden has take over, minus Waller, which wasn't a John Gruden signing. That was our good friend Greg Olson who spotted him. It hasn't worked out. Trent Williams. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Trent Brown. Todd, uh, Trent, Trent Brown. Yeah. Uh, the receiver that we just released. Ty, uh, Tyrell. Former, former Charger. Tyrell. Uh, Martavius Bryant, for those who have been around <laughs> that far. Oh, A.B. Um, the list goes on and on. Jordy Nelson. Why the hell did you even go get him? The list goes on and on. Jason Witten, why you bring him in? Like, it, you literally have not brought in one player who's gotten better with our team. 
Name me one player that they have brought in through free agency who has gotten better since they've joined the Raiders. I, I will give you one, and I'm cracking up because it's so ironic. The one is Nelson Aguilar, and guess what he just did? <laughs> he he bounced. Outie. He's Audi. He <laughs> the so, the mean, one example. I, and, and it's just like, okay, you say Nelson Aguilar is going to go get paid. Great. Um, but we already heard about how he handled his locker, the locker room when things weren't going well. He was the only person that stood up and said anything. So this just again, is just an indication of top-level leadership. It starts with Mark Davis, who knows absolutely nothing about football, so he just defaults to his best friend and somebody who he is literally a fan of in John Gruden. Why that is, I'll have no clue. And then you have... Mike Mayock, who's never been a GM, who I think we all respect and an Italian talent evaluator from a football perspective, but we all know why he was given the job, and it's because he was going to be a whipping boy for John Gruden. Yeah. And we've seen exactly that from the second he came through the door. Uh, we got Kyle Long in there today, who I don't think any of us were super excited about, but we thought, hey, maybe he gets plugged in next to Rodney Hudson and maybe make some noise. And now it's like, okay, that's not going to be the case. Um, and now is this just another old guy this team's going to sign? Like, from the outside looking in, if you're a free agent, why in the hell, other than zero state income tax, would a person want to choose to go to Vegas where the head coach is plastered on every single billboard throughout the stadium and the city, and he does every single uh, advertising spot that he could possibly do to put his name out there as the head honcho? It's just disgusting. That's not how you lead a team. It's not how you – it's not how any – leadership on any level whether it be organizational team whatever it may be is done it's servant leadership is a way to build strong culture driven organizations and it's just been it's an absolute mess and there's no other way to put it i'm disgusted with what went on today and again it's just another indication of hey if i go to the raiders and i play well they're gonna treat me right and they want me here forever that has been proven wrong on the defensive side of the ball, that has been proven wrong on the offensive side of the ball. Let's continue to go a step further. The guy that we got last year, maybe it was two years ago, the receiver from Cal, Trevor Davis. Trevor Davis. Trevor Davis. We went and traded a fifth-round pick for him. He comes back. He has one bad game. They cut him the next day. Yep. It's just a, continu- a perpetual cycle with the emotions that is John Gruden that's going to just determine what the next move of the team's going to be. There's no logical thinking behind any of the actions that I've seen out of this franchise, and I'm really disappointed in, in Mike Mayock. I thought he was going to come in and be a voice of reason for this franchise, and he's just going to continue to be a whipping boy for the media, and John Gruden is going to collect his paycheck while he sits on his ass. I want to elaborate on a couple of points that you just made, and we're going to keep it on Gruden. Now, what I am about to say may sound crazy, and crazy is a great uh, theme of this discussion. But, yeah. but, but I mean, hear me out here. Hear As we thought, 2019, he wanted nothing to do with the Oakland Raiders at that point in time. We're like, man, this guy is a nut job. And truthfully, I still think he is. But look at the series of events that, that have unfolded since then. I mean, Trent Brown, give me a break. Talk about getting the bag and absolutely turning your brain off, turning your body off. You just look at the photos in New England before and after and then go into the, to the Raiders. 
it's sickening. I mean, you give this guy a big deal and you allow him to balloon the way he did. Mm-hmm. I don't hold Trent Brown accountable. I hold John Gruden accountable. You're the guy that paid 100%. that man who had the same tendencies in San Francisco and you cannot keep the guy motivated. That is a big flag. And I'm sure everybody saw Trent Brown's Twitter activity once the trade went down. Nobody was happier to take a pay cut in the United States more than Trent Brown. Yeah. You're absolutely right, man. And it's just the AB thing was first, the Trent Brown thing now, the continued stories that continue to leak out from former Raiders and current Raiders alike. People no longer, I mean, Rodney Hudson wanting to be released because the Raiders are continuing to try to play with his money and ask him to take pay cuts. Gabe Jackson doing the same thing. There is absolutely no loyalty with this franchise, and the players know it. And they're willing to do – the only person that they seem to have any semblance of loyalty to is Derek Carr. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, he in his, as well has been dicked around by the front office and the rumors and uh, their seemingly willingness to go after any quarterback that rears its head on the market who may be even the slightest upgrade of him. I think they have zero loyalties. And I mean, if I'm on the team and I'm looking at what's transpired over the last year and a half, I can't feel good about my job security, no matter who I am. Derek Carr. And we would be remiss not to talk about the quarterback as we're talking about his offensive line being dismantled in front of our eyes. So the Raiders had the 10th ranked scoring offense in 2020. DJ, that is a good thing. That's one of the few good things we had going for us is that we had a really good offense. We were good. I can't complain. I mean, Carr has best year probably since 2016, his best year with Gruden for sure. The O-line, although I thought the run game wasn't very good at the second half of the season, generally was pretty good. Uh, So you lose in Nelson Aguilar, and you dismantle your offensive line for a quarterback who is not mobile. We all see when things break down, he struggles. He mm-hmm. His success is contingent on having a clean pocket. So I'm going to run through it here. Colton Miller, he'll be back. I'm guessing they're working on an extension for him. He's a Sacramento native. Miller, left guard. I'm penciling in John Simpson, who was a, a draft yeah. pick from Clemson last year. We'll see. Uh, center is going to be Andre James. Uh, now, what Vic Tafer is saying is that uh, Gruden loves James, who is also a teammate of Miller in college at UCLA, and that's part of the reason they have the confidence to release Hudson. I hope they're right. James, he's going to be the center for the Raiders. And then when I look at the the right side of the offensive line, I got question mark, question mark. So Denzel Good's a free agent. He's hitting the market. We have not heard a thing. It's actually been scary quiet uh, about Denzel Good. And the right tackle, I'm at a loss for words. I mean, who's going to play right tackle? You're going to bring back Sam Young, who can't stay healthy. <laughs> I mean, the guy, the guy was on the ground every other play. <laughs> you know, or are you going to draft a rookie? Uh, I, I can tell you one thing: I don't want to see Brandon Parker trot out there as their starting right tackle in 2021. But maybe, maybe we shift our draft focus at 17 to tackle. They say it's a deep class, but a lot of question marks surrounding the offensive line right now. Yep, 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 yep. And again, I mean, we saw Jerry McDonald post today. He said, I've heard from both sides for this for a few years now. 
that the Raiders are cash poor. One side, and this includes people in the building, say it's absolutely true. Other side says no chance that funds are available. Hudson's release looks cash motivated. I mean, it it it's it can't be like I, I'm just continuing to be floored by this this whole whole thing as to how it transpires and this is just top down an absolute cluster. I mean, you lost 80% of your starting offensive line, which, as you said, was one of the best in the NFL, undoubtedly. You're going to trot out John Simpson, who looked spotty at best last year. Andre James, who there seems to be mixed reports on how people feel about it. Apparently, everybody in the Raiders organization loves them. My guys at TDL, BD Williams, what's up, feels the other way. Um, not so much. And on limited snaps, I mean, what are you doing? It, it, it just, it, it baffles me. It really does. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make sense of all of it. And I mean, what, what is our, what is our identity offensively at this point in the next season as of right now? We have absolutely none. Are we going to run the rock? Like, it, it, are we going to be a pass happy offense? One thing I did see, and it may have been Mo Moten that posted this, but he had mentioned how the Raiders were going, were focused on a run blocking, on a power blocking scheme last year in the run game. And that, and that at times, of course, I mean, last year's last year's running game was, uh, I would say, mediocre at best. I know Josh Jacobs eclipsed a thousand yards, but that's sixty-seven yards a game, so I'm not super juiced about that. But he said at, at our power run game was really ugly last year, and that there was going to be more of a focus going on the zone blocking scheme, which is why they're trying to get rid of some of these big body offensive linemen and get to more finesse linemen who could create holes and, and run the zone blocking scheme. I personally think that's all BS. I think we're just trying to rationalize the reason why we've done the things that we've done. And quite frankly, I think there is no thought behind it. I think this is, I think this is Gruden. Gruden. I really think somebody said something to Gruden about him spending all this money on the O-line and how it wasn't working. And he just said, you know what? F it. We're going to just scrap it all. We're just going to completely scrap it all and spend the money on the defense and that'll make him happy. Or spend the money elsewhere and that'll make him happy. I do not see this as like a logical, well-thought-out, long-term plan versus a short-term plan to determine what's the best course of action for this franchise i really think it was an emotional decision based on something that he was told and he just has to go all in one way or the other there's no middle ground with this guy he just said f it we're scrapping it all which i mean wait till the middle of this year when he says we're a new offensive line we're still trying to get it all figured out and makes excuses for our two and four start coming out of the gate and it's just going to be the same old song Good centers are hard to find. That'll be the new <laughs> catchphrase after his famous pass rushes are hard to find after the infamous Mac train. I feel like we're just spinning our wheels with this mic. I feel like we're spinning our wheels as fans. And, I mean, what what does Mark Davis think? My God. What does Mark Davis think? Mark Davis, he sold his soul to Gruden uh, when he signed him to that contract, and, and that's the bottom line. But I'm happy you brought up pass rushers because I think if we if we continue to try to rationalize this Rodney Hudson transaction, we're going to walk away more confused. So let's shift gears into Yannick. Uh, no, no secret, and that's mostly good news, but I do have some caution uh, for Raider Nation, and we're going to talk about it momentarily. So the Raiders signed way to a two-year 26 million dollar deal dj this guy is a legitimate edge 
uh, Nelson Aguilar essentially signed the exact same deal with New England. So I would say yes. Right. I would rather take Yannick over uh, uh, Nelly. Uh, so overall, a good move. $13 million guaranteed this year. $8 million the following year. Uh, he has a no franchise tag clause. Yannick Ngakwe is the real deal. 40, uh, 45 and a half sacks in his five-year NFL career. That ranks 12th in the league during that span. 15 strip sacks. That's third best in the league. And 190 pressures. That's sixth best in the league. This is per sports radar. DJ, as bad as the Hudson uh, uh, transaction is, and I know it's putting a cloud over all of this, you can't not be excited about the Yannick transaction. Yeah, I think in a vacuum, you're excited about the player, what he could bring from the offensive defensive line standpoint. I think if you're able to get Hankins back and your front four is in Gakwe, uh, Clee Farrell and Hankins on the inside and Crosby on the other edge, I think that's an immediate improvement in a major way on what we had last year. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, possibility. Sorry, I'm yawning on you. The possibility to add another guy maybe late in the draft, second round, third round to that arsenal of pass rushers that makes you feel good. But again, color me cautiously optimistic, Mike. Um, we've seen and heard from teams and sources that Ngakwe has, for lack of a better word, character issues. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, maybe it's a motor issue when he's not fully invested on what's going on with the team. And I haven't seen. John Gruden be able to navigate the waters of a maybe head case type of player. Right. So when things hit the fan, how is it going to shake out? Are we going to be taking a dead cap hit next year when we ultimately cut this guy? Right. Is he going to last the entirety of the season? Is he going to care to even play for this team week one? Like I, it's hard for me to be optimistic about anyone considering the situation that Gruden has put the franchise in. And I don't mean to be, you know, the bearer of bad news. Again, Ngakwe, if he would have signed with the Chiefs, I would be like, oh, damn. Right. But it's the Raiders, and we just have this tendency. And I don't even want to say – I understand how we were a, a hole, a dark hole for a long time. And, you know, after Al Davis' death in 2011, there was a little carousel of coaches. But there was improvement among the franchise for a few years there. And then it seemed like we went right back into the black hole when John Gruden came through. And I feel like 09 all over again. So I'm going to elaborate for all the listeners out there. What is DJ referring to about Yannick Ngakwe? Because we're talking about a guy that's – arguably a top 10 pass rusher in the NFL, but why are there red flags? So I'm going to take you through a timeline very briefly here on the Ottawa podcast with DJ Dawson and Mike Corey. So Yannick Ngakwe, the, the Las Vegas Raiders are his fourth team in seven months. This guy is 25 years old. Okay. <laughs> so, so where did this uh, chain of events start? It started last year when he was a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars. They slapped him with the franchise tag and he wanted an extension. So that led to a public Twitter beef between Yannick and Tony Khan, who is the son of the owner of the Jaguars, literally going back and <laughs> forth on Twitter in front of the world. So I think the red flags start there where you're like, okay, what's the maturity level of this guy? I mean, how often do you see an NFL player tweeting back and forth with uh, uh, a front office executive? Very rare. So 
uh, Yannick got traded to Minnesota for a second-round pick and a 2022 con- conditional fifth-round pick. He was productive. He had five sacks in six games, but Minnesota... with a good culture, uh, and he ultimately disappeared in their playoff game. He was essentially a no-show, and then he hit the free agent market. Generally, when 25-year-old pass rushers are free agents, teams are fighting to get that. I don't get the vibe that that was the case here. So, buyer beware. Yannick is uh, an elite, almost elite-level pass rusher. He's got some red flags. And like DJ just touched on, is John Gruden capable of, Right? Is he capable of making the most of a talented player that has character concerns? Now, right. I, I will say I'll give one positive: Darren Waller. Right? He had his serious drug addictions. He's turned into a, a, a Pro Bowl tight end for us. That's one example, but there's been some spotty ones: Levante's perfect and Antonio Brown, and, uh, amongst others. It remains to be seen, but. East, Yannick, and Gakwe, but free agency is not done, DJ. Free agency is certainly not done, and there's going to be a lot to come. Uh, we're only two days yeah. in. We are only two days in, so there's, there's a lot more holes to fill. As you look ahead, DJ, who are some names that come to your mind that are still available on the free agent market that you think could be a fit for the Raiders? You know, I wasn't looking to – I mean, I – I, I really just wanted us to not really get too active in free agency. I really did. I wanted this team to just have some cap space to go into the following season as we do are going to have to sign Colton Miller when he's going into his fifth year option. And you want to lock that down. And I mean, just what's transpired over the last three or four days and getting rid of every single defensive lineman, offensive lineman right. who uh, isn't named Colton Miller uh, has completely changed what I feel like we need to do. I mean, it, it's it's gotten ridiculous. I mean, we. I mean, I would say at this point, free agency you need to go get somebody in the secondary. You cannot afford to put another young rookie on the back end of that defense when you already have Jonathan Abram, who is basically going into his second year, Damon Arnett, who I consider to be a rookie all over again because he couldn't stay on the field. You got. Uh, on the opposite of him, you have Trayvon Mullen, who I think we all could say we hope to stick around for a few years. He's looked really good at times. He's looked not so good at other times. Uh, and then at the free safety position is where that hole is. So, I mean, I've heard Patrick Peterson looking to do a uh, switch to safety a la Charles Woodson. I wouldn't be mad at that. I would like the Navy go dress the free safety position uh, with a veteran who can come in and be a culture-setting guy that I think we need. Whether Gruden allows that culture to be set is uh, here nor there. I think we need to dress uh, interior defensive line. I would be okay if we re-signed Jonathan Hankins. I thought he played well for us. It was probably our best front four defensive lineman last season. Um, I would be totally okay with that. I would really like us to probably go get another corner uh and again not somebody super old but just a proven vet and <laughs> we have to go now get another guard or center I, there, we now are just like in a complete rebuild phase no right? you're I absolutely wrong? right I, I think there's way more holes for gruden 
going into year four of his rebuild, quote unquote, there's too many holes at this stage of the process. But I will say that I do think there are a lot of quality free agents left that you won't necessarily need. Excuse me. Break the bank for. I'm going to give you a couple of names as I think we could all agree that free safety is a big need. I still think the interior D line is a need. Uh, and heck, I'd even add a, a, a veteran wide receiver. So I'm going to give you three names uh, that I like at, at those respective positions that I think will be relatively cheap a one to two year deal. Malik Hooker, he was a first round pick out of Ohio State. He's still young, he's had some injuries. But the upside's there. I think you sign him to a one-year prove-it deal at free safety, uh, slide along with Jonathan Abram. Defensive tackle, is there not more of a player destined to be a Raider than Indomitian Sue? I-, I think he is the <laughs> ultimate pirate bad boy uh, that would certainly help uh, Cleeferl, uh, Yannick, and, uh, of course, Max Crosby. And then a receiver, there's actually a lot of very notable names out there. Uh, I don't want Juju. Uh, I think T.Y. is very injury-riddled. Uh, but I think Kenny Galladay, I think Kenny Galladay would be an interesting guy uh, to put along with Ruggs, Renfro and Edwards. Uh, but ultimately we will see how it plays out. I'm sure the next time you and I connect, there will be more names and more. Yeah. Yeah, I would just, um, thanks Mike. Again, uh, I would I would just to to uh, go off of what you were just saying. I do think receiver probably. A, I, I would just agree with everything you said. Receiver, you know, I am of the. I would like to go get somebody on the cheap, an older guy for sure. Um, just because I do like what we have right now. I do. I think Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs. You got to wheel them out there this year. You can't continue to. Uh, backfill these positions. You, you drafted these guys high. Give them a shot. You also have our guy, Hunter Renfro, of course, in the slot, but you are going to need somebody to fill that Zay Jones, uh, Nelson Aguilar kind of role. Um, who that will be, I don't know. I really like Marvin Jones. Of course, he just went to the Jaguars. Um, I guess the Raiders had expressed interest. I don't know if it was a strictly money thing, but if someone chooses the Jaguars over you, What's what's that saying? If money's not the only thing, um, but I, I totally agree with you, Mike. Uh, you kind of cut out there at the end. I didn't hear exactly what you said about social media. Sorry. Yeah, where can the the podcast listeners find you on social media? Oh yeah, so you guys can find me on my business page, Equity Boy at Equity Boys on Facebook. Our real estate investment group, as well as a financial education team tailored to bridge the gap on financial literacy that the public school system does not provide. Uh, people all over the country. So our focus is uh, minorities and uh, women and underserved communities and uh, follow our page and see what we got going on. Um, Mike, thank you as always for having me on. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. The pleasure is all mine and we will definitely be in touch. Talk to you soon, DJ. Take care. All right. Go Raiders. That's a wrap for this week's edition of the Ottawa Podcast. I want to thank DJ Dawson for taking time out of his day to join the show and talk about all of the happenings surrounding the silver and black. If today's your first time tuning into the show, I want to welcome you and thank you for giving this podcast a listen. You can follow us on Twitter at Ottawa Pod and on Instagram under the same handle. It is always a pleasure to talk Raiders and I look forward to dropping more content with more guests as we continue to progress into the offseason. I hope everybody's doing well and as always, Just win, baby.